The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. We've been hearing through COVID that we must avoid overwhelming our, our health care system. It's something we've heard over and over again. Now, over the past few weeks, the, the numbers have been going up. And, and right now, about 23% of Alberta's dedicated COVID-19 ICU beds were being used. Yesterday, 427 new cases of COVID-19 were found in the province. That's the largest single-day increase ever for the second day in a row. <laughs> 220 of those cases were found in Edmonton. Now, let's go inside the system this afternoon. Dr. Peter Brindley, our, our favorite critical care physician at the University of Alberta Hospital joining us. Hey, Peter, how are you? Uh, I'm well, thank you. It sounds like uh, it's emotional times out there. I was just listening you know, in. I was just listening you, in. It you, sounds like everyone's riled up. You know what, Peter? People are people are really stressed right now, yeah. and I think we're seeing that more and more and more. And I'm hearing it, and, I, and I'm seeing it on the text line. And it's just it's fascinating sometimes how how people strike out against other people, and you know, private versus public sector. It's 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 mind-boggling at times. Uh, it it is. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, for the record, I love my teachers, and I keep in touch with a couple of them. Uh, they got me out of where I was to where I am from the feral boy that I was to a (laughs) constructive useful member of society Uh, but I do get I'm not minimizing everybody's sense of stress I feel it my kids definitely feel it my wife feels it my teacher wife feels it Um, I get it it's really real Mm -hmm. and so I'm I'm not brushing it aside at all what what what's the feeling these days inside the hospital at work? We see these numbers going up. I mean, you, you must kind of go, oh, come on, people. <laughs> um, no, no, I don't no? really. Um, I, I say, oh dear, this is a difficult situation. Let's get to work. And I don't mean that to sound Pollyanna. Um, I, I, I don't think the numbers are up because people are belligerent or or atrocious or, or, or any of those sorts of words. I, I think the numbers are up for a variety of reasons because that's what happens in viral pandemics. Numbers go up mm. and numbers go down. Uh, but I, I, you know, I've just written an article about COVID fatigue syndrome and I'm not endorsing it as something that we should all take on board and, and say, yeah, we're tired, therefore don't do anything. But it, it's very real, this sense of fatigue that people have. And it's very real within the healthcare profession as well. We're all exhausted and every one of us at some point has said, I've had enough of this thing. I'm done with this virus. Mm. The, the difference is how quickly you pivot back to, yeah, I'm done with it, but I'm not really done with it. It's time to get back to work. Well, and, and that's it. And I think that's one of the things you can, you can walk away from it maybe on a Friday night and think, okay, oh, just, I can't do that another day. And then you wake up on Monday, if that's what your, what your job is and, and you go back in and you, and you face it because you have a job to do, you have a job to do. And, and regardless of all the stress on top of it, you love your job. That's absolutely true, and you know what? I I found myself lecturing the kids the other night. I'm sure they loved every second of it, but (laughs) but I got to be honest with. Eventually, I'm a 50-year-old man now. Eventually, in your job, you want to serve. You might spend the first part of your career thinking it's all about your own success and besting others and climbing to the top of whatever hierarchy is. But ultimately, actually, people want to help and people want to serve. And I'm very, very lucky that I have a job that allows me to do that. And by the way, with far better job security than so many of your listeners have, my my heart truly does go out um, to all the people who are suffering right now, in every sense of the word, not 
just suffering from a pulmonary lung point of view, but suffering economically. And Dr. Brindley, it's um, been interesting. There's been some articles written over the past couple of weeks talking about, you know, the pressure on the healthcare system when these numbers go up with, you know, with with ICU, um, uh, with people going into the intensive care units. But the, the, one of the other things that people need to be paying attention to, or that certainly the unions need to be paying attention to, that AHS needs to be paying attention to, is the stress and the toll that all of this is taking on on staff and, um, you know, the fact that people have to quarantine like, you know, like uh, like other people do. And, and we become short-staffed. And so that is, that is something else. That's just another added burden. I mean, there's so many levels of this right now. Yeah, it becomes a straw that breaks the camel's back situation. So we, we were working at 100% before this pandemic. And now we have to increase things further. And if your kid gets sick, you have to isolate. If somebody on your team is exposed, you have to isolate and get tested. So the knock-on effect of a healthcare worker getting exposed can be absolutely profound on a system that's already stressed. Can you imagine what it would be like to um, not be on the floor and being in a, in a higher role in administration right now? <laughs> Well, no, I can't because they would never allow me near the levers of power and who can blame them? That would be a terrible idea. Uh, I I mean, I do do administration at a low level and I'm a clinician first, a a university prof second, an administrator definitely third, possibly fourth or fifth. I find administration incredibly difficult. Now, I find criticizing others and identifying other people's imperfections incredibly easy, as does everybody. But... It's pivoting from these are the problems now respectfully this is the solution within a huge bureaucratic system is a much tougher thing. I will never be a paid up member of any political party but at the same time I, I don't just stand there and fling mud because it's really difficult managing something as unprecedented as this. So yeah I, I know a bit about administration but you know what I'm very happy with my clinical job. You know what? Um, just before we go on here on that administration front, this this text just came in, and Gamer Brian wants to know if you believe that all the stress that people are under now will lead to more stress disorders and and, and more you know maybe PTSD diagnosis down the road. Great question. This is my end of one opinion. I am not a psychologist, not a psychiatrist, but I personally think yes. Um, the evidence around other natural disasters, tsunamis and things of that sort suggested you had profound mental health impacts for at least two years post. So, and I should stress, we've had two to three times more deaths from overdoses mm-hmm. than from COVID. Now, that doesn't mean that COVID's are nothing. And, and in fact, it's difficult to know exactly what to do with that piece of information other than give it a bit of time and realize that everybody suffering with any medical problem, whether it's COVID, non-COVID, mental, physical, it all matters and it's all important. And, and we're all vulnerable humans that need somebody who cares for us and takes us seriously. So, yes, I think there will be profound effects. Um, 
and you know what I'm feeling a sense of disease and and, and 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 uncertainty about the future and my beautifully manicured life is a bit uncertain what will my job look like in five years time do I have to wear a mask for the rest of my mm-hmm. days which I think is quite possible by the way I have a feeling people will say well why don't you just wear it all year round and we'll want to say well because I hate the darn thing I scratch my face I'm not sure it works for hours and hours and hours but okay I get it it has a marginal benefit and so every marginal benefit adds up let's do this and so all of that uncertainty for all of us who are used to black and white answers is incredibly stressful for every single one of us you know cognitive dissonance instead of the do it don't do it it the the dealing with the maybe we should maybe we shouldn't let's talk more is incredibly challenging for everyone me included I'm just having um, some of your patients text me in this afternoon, Dr. Brindley. Uh, they're just singing your praises this afternoon. Before we run out of time, I did want to cycle back around to the administrative thing a little bit because I'm always fascinated by it. And you, wrote, you wrote an article uh, just recently uh, on this and, you know, talking about how you kind of just, uh, even the low-level administration that you do. Um, but it, And you had said, um, where is it? Um, Instead, grown-up me keeps attending meetings, erasing email drafts, biting his lip and rehashing the message. Step one is to stop expecting administration to be joyful. And one of the reasons why, because I think people, every, anyone at a job who has to deal with administration, I think that they can feel this, right? And that's why I wanted to talk to you about it. They can feel it. And maybe some of us think in you know, some grand term, oh, maybe I want to be administrator. Maybe I want to be a boss someday. And then you sit back and go, do I really want to deal with the BS? <laughs> Yeah, it's a, it's a very good point. Uh, I mean, when you interview for a job, the first question is, do you want a manager? Do you want a leader? Or am I just an influencer? Or in fact, am I just a communicator that's just passing on the information that has already been decided upon? And I'm just a vessel to pass that info on. So, I, I, you know, it, again, my version of being excessively critical or losing my temper is sending that first draft of an email which in my righteous indignation feels like the right email to send but you know what life isn't always about being right and wrong sometimes it's getting done what needs to get done for a larger number of people so that's why I constantly save emails until the following day why I try and work out how hard I can push because part of my personalities is I'm good at pushing and other people out there will identify with that and equally i know i can flip the apple cart over and ruin the whole thing so that it's a very delicate balancing act in a very delicate social situation so again i've got immense sympathy for the frustration that people are going through i'm going through it too it doesn't mean though that i'm going to rip off my mask and stop washing my hands and and not get vaccinations i'm definitely going to wear a mask i'm definitely going to wash my hands i'm going to socially distance when i can and i'm going to line up for every single vaccine that is offered just as I always have done. You know what uh, Dr. Brindley I'm, I'm sorry we're uh, my little rant off the to- top <laughs> took some time away from this but uh, you know I think you know out of this conversation one of the things that that is true and we know this people are stressed they're overwhelmed and I think it's quite often it's quite easy for people to sit down and just pound out something and just send it off right and and and, and without even thinking twice about it until maybe the next day when you get a reply back and you go oh geez what did I do I think it's always great advice for everyone. And, man, I've, I've worked 
worked with some people that really should have waited 24 hours before hitting send. And and that's always a, a great piece of advice. Let your let your uh, blood come back uh, down to a simmer, not a boil. I, I think you're absolutely correct. As I say, I thought for so much of my life it was about being objectively right. <clears throat> and others saying, goodness me, Peter, thank you so much for pointing out the errors of my ways or being objectively wrong and immediately apologizing. A lot of life is actually just backing off, listening to people. You know, as dear Mrs. Brinley said to me for years when I was a kid, you got two ears and one mouth, use them in that order and in that proportion. And now I've failed more than I've succeeded, but I, like everyone, I hope I get marginally better every year. I mean, I hate COVID. It's, we're no longer on speaking terms. It's an atrocious virus. I don't want to see it or any of its children, but you know what? I got no choice but to manage it, to make it through, and, and hope that it might make me a slightly better person because uh, you got no alternative. And so I'm yeah, actually, what... because I can't shake hands and give hugs, to me, a mask has become as much a symbol as sort of social cohesion and look i'm wearing a mask because i care about you could you wear one because you care about me and a simple <clears throat> example my boss my clinical boss saw me without a mask on the other week and i was just having a quick sip of water he didn't know that but instead of losing his rag on me he said hey pete can you just put your mask back on uh -huh. and instead of me losing my rag in return i just said yep you betcha sorry about that and we just carried on and, and maybe we can be true albertans and just carry on and take the bile down just a level or two Man, that would be uh, that would be incredible. Peter, always great to talk with you. Thanks for this. Warmest regards to everyone out there. We we know you're having an awful time. We are too, but uh, we're managing. I promise you. You betcha. All right. Have a good weekend, Dr. Peter Brinley, joining me this afternoon. We're